This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, Incline listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Yeah. What's up, everyone? Thank you for listening to The Incline. I'm your host, Kevin Klein. You can follow me on Twitter, at Klein25. You'll see all kinds of hot baseball takes or 100% correct takes, depending on your opinion. It's Tuesday, August 27th. Still got a full week ahead of ourselves. Dodgers going to play six more games. Right now, the Dodgers, they're 86 and 47 on the regular season. Just a couple weeks away from clinching that NL West for the seventh year in a row. But they're tied with the New York Yankees now for the best record in Major League Baseball. Along with the Houston Astros, who are right there. And the Yankees now own the tiebreaker. We'll cover why in just a few moments. Dodgers have lost two games in a row. They've lost three of their last four. They're 5-5 five five in their last 10. And by losing to the Padres last night, 4-3, to three, that drops their road record to only 34-29. With such big home dominance, you kind of forget they're kind of just mediocre on the road. 
although that's kind of to be expected. Eric Lauer gets the job done against the Dodgers. Once again, he improves his record to 7-8 and eight during this season. But lifetime now against the Dodgers, he's 5-0. and oh. The Dodgers actually had Eric Lauer in line for the loss. But then it all fell apart for Dustin May in the sixth inning once again. Dustin May, he's now 1-3 on the regular season. Really good pitcher usually his first five innings. But whether it's out of the bullpen where he gave up a grand slam in the sixth inning to the Braves, or just in general like last night where it all went wrong. Dustin May has an ERA of 24. Yes, 24 in the sixth inning. Opponents are hitting 500 against him. He's allowed two home runs, no strikeouts. And last night, there was a couple hits he gave up. He gave up a walk. And unfortunately, the Dodgers chose to have a shift with a first and third, nobody out. And what could have been a pretty routine double play ball went right up the middle, scoring a run. It didn't stop there, though. The next batter was on his way to third, and A.J. Pollock basically you know, throws the ball pretty gently to Justin Turner. However, Justin Turner let the ball go through his legs, so another run scored. Before you know it, it's 3-3, three to three, and that's when it all fell apart. The, Do- the Dodgers let the Padres take the lead in the sixth inning. Padres go up 4-3, to three, and that would end up being the final score. I mean, Dustin May, he now has a 4.07 ERA on the season. He's pitched 24 innings, only has 17 strikeouts. And don't get me wrong, I'm a Dustin May truther. He's 21. He has a long, great career ahead of him. But it's 2019, and the Dodgers, they're playing for a championship. And now I've seen enough sample size from Dustin May to really put together an opinion that he just doesn't have good strikeout stuff. Throws a great sinker, two-seamer, 97 miles an hour, lots of movement. He can throw another fastball around the low 90s. He has no control of his curveball. That thing was up in the zone consistently against the Padres, and that's not the only time that's been an issue. One hanging cra- one hanging curveball, and that ball's going to leave the ballpark immediately. I think the Dodgers, they got to move Dustin May to the bullpen, see if he can establish better command of his out stuff because he only had two strikeouts last night and he wasn't full on Padres hitters really at all. I mean, he he's able to generate a lot of soft contact, but I don't know if that soft contact was more because the Padres just suck or because Dustin May's stuff was that good last night. He was getting a lot of ground balls, but again, it's the Padres. The Padres don't have a good offense. They're one of the worst Offensive teams in baseball this season, despite signing the overpaid Manny Machado. Fernando Tatis Jr., he's out for the season. Eric Hosmer, very underrated player. He got a very clutch hit to drive in a run for the Padres. I think that was the first run they got of the game. 
Other than that, I mean, Will Myers is mediocre. And then they had a bunch of young guys like Mejia and Urias in their lineup. The future is bright for Dustin May, but I'll get to who I think should make the postseason roster momentarily. And I actually would leave Dustin May off it at this point right now. Yumi Garcia, though, he came out of the bullpen. He got five outs, and I got to say, Yumi Garcia was lights out. It was against the Padres. But hot take here, he has a 371 ERA. If I had to choose between Yumi Garcia and Dustin May to put on the postseason roster tomorrow, I think I'm going Yumi Garcia. I know that Yumi can't be trusted but he just has more experience pitching out of the bullpen, and I don't know if Dustin May, that grand slam was kind of a red flag. I don't know if Dustin May's got what it takes right now. I'm really worried. The offense last night was atrocious. Dodgers had one hit with runners in scoring position. I might be wrong, but... I thought I was counting it up correctly. Over their last four games, with runners in scoring position, the Dodgers are one for 20. And that one hit came last night, and it was a Dustin May infield single, and it didn't score a run anyways. It only loaded the bases. Against the Yankees, the Dodgers' offense was pathetic. They scored five runs. They didn't have any hits with runners in scoring position. Yankees pitchers kept them in check. Last night was um, just so frustrating. I got pretty mad. How many times did we see a leadoff double? Didn't cash him in. Dodgers had first and third. Didn't convert. Cody Bellinger had his chance. AJ Pollock had a chance. Chris Taylor had chances. They all failed. Last night, A.J. Pollock, he was 0 for 5 batting leadoff. I mean, I know it's against Eric Lauer, who turns into Tom Glavin or Sandy Koufax every time he faces the Dodgers. But the Dodgers scored three runs off Lauer. That was more than enough. Turner hit a home run. His 24th on the season. Kike Hernandez had a home run. Over the last four games, the Dodgers have struck out 52 times. Horrible. If you want to do the math, 52 divided by four is 13 a game. So essentially, the Dodgers, every single game of their 27 outs, half of them were strikeouts. That means they're not putting the ball in play, not moving runners over whatsoever. They're not even getting sack flies. They're striking out inexcusable Turner was the best player in the game last night he was 3 for 5 he had a home run, 2 RBIs it really pisses me off seems like I see it almost every game now where Dodger fans are already thinking about 2020 it's like who gives a shit about 2020, I don't care about Anthony Rendon or whatever offseason moves move Turner to first, like what? We're playing in 2019, and I don't know why there's this mindset that Justin Turner 
is not who he used to be. He's still one of the best hitters on this team. Over his last 15 games, Justin Turner, he has seven home runs, 11 RBIs, batting 321, and he's putting an on-base percentage up there of 406. Whenever a guy has an on-base of 400, that's elite stuff. And yeah, the issue with Justin Turner is actually the defense. People are right. It is regressing. This is the first year as a Dodger where he has a minus three in defensive run saved. He's never had a negative defensive run saved until this season. Now it's a minus three. Other years it was like a two or three. He's no longer what he once was, but he's still overall a reliable defensive third baseman. I mean, he's no Hanley Ramirez out there at shortstop airmailing these throws. A lot of this, the issues with Justin Turner are just routine plays, but I think come playoff time, he's going to have his head in the game and we don't have to worry. He's having a pretty respectable season of 294, 24 home runs, 61 RBIs. So I'm not giving up on the red dream whatsoever. Anthony Rendon, he can wait. I don't even care if they sign him. I kind of think he's overhyped. I think once he gets to L.A., he's going to choke in the spotlight. I actually love Justin Turner more than Anthony Rendon in 2019. Call me crazy, but if I had to pick one for my playoff team this year, I'm going Justin Turner. Cody Bellinger, I don't even know where to begin with this guy. His batting average dropped to 310 on the season now. We're getting to a point where people thought Cody Bellinger was going to bat 350 for the entire season. I don't even know if Cody Bellinger is going to bat above 300 anymore. He went 0 for 3 last night. He's really been struggling. He's 4 for his last 24. 7 strikeouts, no home runs. That's a 167 batting average. And in the entire month of August, he's actually only hitting 226. He went 1 for 10 against the Yankees. Cody Bellinger is letting that MVP award walk away from him. It's as simple as that. It's his to lose, and he's losing it. Now, fortunately, Christian Yelich hasn't been doing much himself either, so they're still tied in home runs. But there are two Braves hitters that are not far behind. Ronald Acuna Jr. and Freddie Freeman are two guys that, if they have a really hot September, they could sneak in there, run away with the award, because sometimes voters, they remember that last month because it's the most fresh on their mind, and they just go with that. So I was really not happy to see Cody Bellinger essentially fizzle out in the spotlight against a good AL team once again. I thought he was going to hit at least two home runs, not going to lie. I thought he wanted to prove to Aaron Judge who the better talent was. He didn't look focused in the box whatsoever. He actually looked like a scared little chicken. It did. This isn't the first AL team that's completely owned Cody Bellinger, actually. You date back to his rookie year against the Houston Astros. Outside of like one home run and a couple good hits... And this was over a two-game span. Cody Bellinger didn't do jack. 
against the Houston Astros in the World Series. You go back to last season, 2018 World Series. Cody Bellinger was a non-factor against the Boston Red Sox. And then you go into this season. Even against the Angels for four games, Cody Bellinger, I don't think he even had a home run. He was a non-factor in pretty much all those games. Then they played they played the Boston Red Sox again in Fenway. What did Cody Bellinger do? He didn't do anything. And now, against the New York Yankees, he went one for ten. It's a lot of glaring stats, and I don't know if Cody Bellinger deserves MVP at this point if he's going to continue to struggle down the line. However... I don't care if he wins MVP. I just want Cody Bellinger to be the best player in baseball come postseason time. If they need to give him some days off so he can recover and get back to full strength, he might be fatigued out there. They need to do it. Cody Bellinger, you got to save his best stuff for the playoffs when it really matters. That's my opinion on every player. You know, the Dodgers have piled up so many wins at this point. They could go 500 the rest of the way for all I care. You know, as long as they establish the best record in the National League, that's a win for me. Braves are like six games behind. They've been really hot. They won eight in a row until they lost yesterday. Get these guys fresh. There's someone else, Hanjin Ryu. We'll talk about him in just a second. Corey Seager. What a season Corey Seager's having. He went two for four last night, and I mean, I don't know what else you can say. He missed all of last year, essentially, and had two surgeries, and the fact that he's putting together a 272 season right now, and he's tied in the National League for the lead in doubles with 37, guy's just a freak of nature. This is This shows you how much talent Corey Seager has, and when he's going to be 100% comfortable and back to his old self he has real MVP potential Will Smith Will Smith the catcher he really struggled yesterday and he is batting 167 in his last 7 games as well the rookie has found a slump Chalk Peterson came in struck out of her against Kirby Yates I mean Chalk Peterson looked horrible in that at bat he wasn't making contact at all, and then Yates just really fooled him in the end. Over Jock Peterson's last 30 games, he's batting 200, three home runs. He did hit a leadoff home run against the Yankees. I don't know why they continue to bat this guy at leadoff. I mean, the Jock Peterson days look like they're coming to an end. Hopefully he does this thing like in 2017 where he looked completely lost and then put it together for the playoffs and hit some home runs, but we'll see. Jock Peterson has been slumping really hardcore. And I don't even know if we can really justify putting putting him in the starting lineup at this point. Hopefully Alex Verdugo comes back. He's expected to be back early September, but I'd rather see Verdugo Pollock and Bellinger in the outfield, probably then. Jock Peterson, not gonna lie, just not a fan of that guy anymore. He's looking for home runs and he's not getting many of them. 
So the Dodgers, they they won one game against the Yankees. Yankees fans were trolling all over online. They were showboating. They acted like they won the World Series. They took a they took two of three against the Dodgers in LA. Yankees scored approximately 16 runs against the Dodgers. And the Dodgers scored five runs over three games. Aaron Judge had three home runs. Hunjin Ryu got destroyed in the first game of that series. He allowed seven runs. Didi Gregorius hit a grand slam off Ryu when they chose to walk Gary Sanchez. Ryu has an ERA of two now. It's the first time in months where it's been at that point. He was flirting with a sub two for a long time. In my preview article on Dodgers Lowdown, I wrote that Ryu was the type of matchup that the Yankees feast off of. Soft tossing lefties are their specialty. And Ryu, second start in a row now where he's looking pretty wiped out. He let the Braves score four off him in Atlanta. Now he allowed another seven to the Yankees. If I was running the team right now, I think I would skip Ryu's next start. He's pitching an innings amount that he hasn't even been near since 2014. The guy had some injuries, you know, the shoulder surgery, which essentially cost him two years of his career. Last season, he didn't pitch that much. He, I think his total, his total was around 80 when you include the playoffs. Pretty much missed a fat chunk of the season due to that groin injury. 2017, they were pretty cautious with him. He didn't pitch that many innings as well. And I know the Cy Young is very exciting, especially when it's a Dodger, a new, a different Dodger, I'll add, who has a chance to win it. But just like Bellinger, what's more important is Ryu saving his best stuff, being fresh for the postseason. You know, in round one, they're likely going to face, it's looking like the Cubs or the Nationals at this point coming out of the wild card. And if it's the Nationals, that team has some really good starting pitching, and for the Dodgers to go head-to-head with them, they're going to have to really outpitch those starters. You might see Ryu versus Corbin in game one. And Patrick Corbin, he's a lefty that really has given the Dodgers troubles now for the last two seasons. And then you got Steven Strasburg. He's going to pitch the second game or the first game. You know, it could go either way. So you imagine it's going to be Kershaw and Ryu as the first two Dodgers starters. Max Scherzer will probably come in for game three or four because got to think he's going to start the wild card game. Gives the Dodgers a little advantage, but at the same time, if the Dodgers lose the first game... Of that series, they're they're in trouble. They lost home field advantage. Clayton Kershaw, this guy continues to perform at a high level despite lots of people considering him to be washed up, a choker. None of that's true whatsoever. Kershaw allowed three home runs to the Yankees, all of them being solo, for so that was three runs. 
He struck out 12 New York Yankees on his own. So in the big games, Kershaw's showing he can deliver. Tony Gonsolin, he picked up the only win for the Dodgers. And right now, Tony Gonsolin, he's more prepared than Dustin May. It's not even close at this point. You know, Dustin May might be the better pitcher long term, but Dustin May is four four years younger than Gonsolin, and Gonsolin has just really established that strikeout pitch. He's got a really good splitter. And whether he's, I think he's going to come out of the bullpen for the Dodgers, I would hope. And I think I'm ready to give Tony Gonsolin a shot. He's he's pitched well against the Yankees. He did great against the Cardinals. You know, he held his own for four innings against the Braves. He's looking ready. Of course, that game ended pretty nerve-wracking. Kenley Jansen came in for the save. The bases were loaded. There was one out. The Brett Gardner slide into Muncie, causing some drama. Ugh. I, I definitely saw a lot of dumb tweets. The dumb tweets segment is coming up just in a second. I don't know why the Yankees felt like they earned that run. I mean, it doesn't matter where the base runner is when the umpire calls time. You got to respect that rule and you don't get the run. Yankees fans felt like they were screwed out of that win, but you had two more opportunities and both those guys struck out. Kenley Jansen got the save. Pretty much saved his season. If he had blown that game, I think he would have no longer been the closer. So the Jansen saga continues. Dodgers have two more games against the Padres. Tonight, we're going to see Walker Buehler. He's 10-3 and three with a 3.16 ERA. 174 strikeouts. On the road, though, he has a 4.37 ERA. 5-3. He'll take on the Padres' right-hander, Cal Quantrill. 22 ERA, so he's been doing pretty well. He faced the Dodgers on August 3rd, allowing four runs over five innings and got the loss. Justin Turner hit a home run off him. So, good matchup right there. The final game in the series will feature Kenta Maeda. He's 8-8, eight eight, 4-13 ERA. Did very well against the Blue Jays, allowing two runs over six innings. In the month of August, he has a 4-43 ERA. And we don't know who the Padres are throwing out there just yet. It looked like it was going to be lined up for Chris Paddock, but due to some fatigue, some real struggles... I'm reading that the Padres are probably going to shut him down for the rest of the season. So look out for it to be a call-up or maybe a bullpen game. That'll be it for the Padres. All right, time to entertain you folks. We're going to do my latest segment called Bad Tweets. Going to read three bad tweets and give you some thoughts on all of them. So hope you enjoy. So the first tweet I got here looks like this is from a Dodger fan overreacting. And it says, forget the World Series. We're not beating the Braves or Nationals. 
Hashtag frauds. Okay, well, that's a little overdramatic in my opinion. First of all, the Dodgers won the season series against the Atlanta Braves, and they won the season series against the Washington Nationals. Neither of these two teams have actually gotten out of the first round in a very long time. I mean, first of all, the Nationals, since moving to D.C., have never been out of the first round. And I can't even tell you when the last time the Braves were in an NLCS. Maybe like 2004, 3? I, I really don't know. I don't think the Braves are actually as good as their record indicates. I think their starting pitching is still pretty mediocre. There's a team out there in the NL Central who's really rolling right now. It's the St. Louis Cardinals. And I'm going to stick to my preseason prediction. Dodgers, Cardinals, NLCS. The next tweet reads, Kershaw is washed. Beating him now is nothing like it used to be. Yankees are a far better team than the Dodgers. Anyone with eyes and a brain knew this before the series. If Kershaw's so washed, this is clearly coming from a Yankees fan. He wouldn't have struck out 12 of you 12 of your guys over seven innings. And allowing three runs, it's a quality start. He did his job. He kept the Dodgers in the game to win. It was just the bats that didn't show up. If the Dodgers' offense clicks like they're supposed to, they're the top offense in the National League, they're going to give the Yankees a run for their money. I don't think we're going to get a repeat of this awful performance in the World Series if these two teams collide. Seeing CeCe Sabathia throw four innings, only allowing two runs, nearly had me triggered. I mean, the guy is middle-aged, overweight, an alcoholic, on the verge of retirement, can't throw hard whatsoever. Luckily, Justin Turner hit that two-run home run. Otherwise, a major meltdown would have came for me. Losing to Domingo Herman was such a fluke. I mean, the guy has a had a 5.68 ERA on the road coming into that game. Dodgers bats just weren't there to play. They weren't working the count whatsoever. First pitch swings by Seager, so frustrating. And then the Paxton game, where he was just striking out all the Dodgers. I mean, Paxton had a lefties hitting nearly 270 off him. He has control issues all season long. I'd have to dive into the splits more to see if Paxton struggles at Yankee Stadium at times. There's no way we're going to let that. You want to talk about a fraud. It's James Paxton. I mean, he's a good pitcher, but he wasn't that good. So the Yankees, they can gloat all they want. When it comes time for the championship, we'll see who's really talking. And then the last tweet, good morning. Max Muncie is a cheater. That is all. It's funny that a lot of... This wasn't the only guy. There were a lot of fans accusing the Dodgers of cheating. Mostly Max Muncy. And it wasn't the Dodgers making the rules there. Clearly, a lot of Yankees fans didn't even know the rules because the the right call was made. If anyone was actually cheating, it's Brett Gardner for, for pulling down Muncy when sliding into second. I didn't realize... The new way to slide 
feet first into the bag was to put your arms in the air and grab the guy's pants down. But that's just my opinion. Brett Gardner, he caught a break in my opinion because still a dirty slide. Not with the intent to take the Muncie out or anything, but Gardner was clearly trying to pull Muncie down. It's so apparent. I don't even know how Yankees fans are denying the claim. Right now, if the Dodgers starting staff had to be announced, I'm going to bank on Rich Hill coming back. I think it's Kershaw, Bueller, Ryu, and Hill. doesn't matter the order. I do believe Rich Hill is going to come back and be a starter for this team. And the locks for the bullpen, you know, you got to go with Pedro Baez, Joe Kelly, Julio Urias, Adam Kolarik, Kent Maeda, Kenley Jansen as the closer, and I would give Tony Gonsolin a spot. It's going to be a battle for one of those final spots, and it's going to be Ross Stripling versus Dustin May versus Yimi Garcia. And as I said earlier, I think I would give Yimi Garcia the lead right now because the other two guys have not proven much. After this Padre series, the Dodgers take on Arizona. They're going out to the desert, taking on the Arizona D-Bags. You know, it's a one-way rivalry where the Diamondbacks think this is some real serious rivalry. It's not. Dodgers don't give a shit about the Diamondbacks' opinions. I mean, we saw in the last series the Diamondbacks tried to start a fight. Oh, Archie Bradley got really cocky when he got that save. Wanted to fight his former teammate, A.J. Pollock. That was kind of awkward. Well, this season, the Dodgers are 10-5 versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. They won the last two of three earlier this month. Going to see Merrill Kelly. He's a 486 ERA, 137 whip. He's 9-13. Right-hander, doesn't throw too hard. Definitely a beatable guy. Zach Gallen, he's 2-4. 256 ERA. Pretty solid right-hander that they got in the Marlins trade. And I don't I don't know if the Dodgers have faced him. They might have once when he was with Miami. Then of course the familiar name Robbie Ray always is lined up to face the Dodgers just like Lauer and never fails. He's 11 and 7, 386 ERA, 193 strikeouts. He faced the Dodgers, got a no decision, went 6. Gave up two runs, seven strikeouts. And then Alex Young, lefty as well. 404 ERA, 5-3 record. 3.1 innings pitched the last time he faced the Dodgers, allowing four earned runs, only two strikeouts. And then it's the usual stri- It's the usual guys. Eduardo Escobar, the third baseman, 29 home runs, 103 RBIs. Kettle Marte, a.k.a. Kettle Corn. 27 home runs, 321 batting average. Christian Walker, who will probably end up facing a lefty, mashes them. He has 23 home runs. Then the catcher, Carson Kelly, who hit two home runs against the Dodgers in that game where Jansen blew the save. He's got 18 home runs. And then their shortstop, the right-handed bat, Nick Ahmed, 71 RBIs. Pretty good right-handed bat as well. You know... There's some reasons to be frustrated with the Dodgers hitting that slump. But it's a long season. These things are going to happen. If any of you Dodger fans are feeling like giving up, don't do it just yet. 
they've had an amazing season and don't throw it all away just because of a few bad games. I am fully confident they are going to bring their best stuff come October. I think they're going to even have a really hot stretch in September. Going to win back everyone. These things happen. Just stay confident. Upsets do happen, but... So I don't want to act like the NL is a lock, but the Dodgers are miles ahead of everyone else in the National League. You look around, you got the St. Louis Cardinals two and a half games ahead of the Cubs right now in the Central. They've won eight of the last ten. The Braves have won eight of their last ten. The Nationals are on a five-game winning streak. Other than that, you know the Milwaukee Brewers proving to be the frauds that they are. New York Mets on a three-game losing streak, so it looks like they're starting to fall out of the playoff race. And then the American League, you know, you got the Astros half game behind the Yankees. Minnesota Twins, hoping we face them in the World Series. No offense, Minnesota, but I think we're miles ahead better than you guys. And other than that, you know, Baltimore, pathetic team. They're out of the playoff race completely. Detroit Tigers, pretty pathetic team too. They're eliminated. And the Miami Marlins, they're about to be eliminated. All right, thank you all for listening to The Incline. Hope everyone has a great week ahead of themselves. A lot of National League games against the West. Coming up, we got the Padres, the Diamondbacks, and the Rockies. It's a good opportunity for the Dodgers to get some easy wins. These are all bad teams. Other than that, I leave you with Go Dodgers. Kevin Klein, out.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.